Welcome to episode 240 of Troubadours and Rakan Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's program, we have as our featured guest the incomparable Nellie Mackay, songwriter, singer, actress, and brilliantly subversive citizen. We talk mainly about society and politics. We get philosophical. We get political. We talk about art. And we have some fun in the process. I think you will, too. A wonderful conversation with Nellie Mackay on this week's episode. We also have a fantastic essay written by our resident essayist, Dr. Michael Pavis, a.k.a. Uncle Cesare. And that essay is titled, The Hotel. We have an EW essay by yours truly, titled, Courage. We also have a poem titled, Creature. And all of this, as is always the case, is interspersed, ensconced, inspired, informed, infused by, with, several great tunes. Let's get to it. Episode 240 of Troubadours and Tours. Some kind of way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman there Drink my wine Plowman dig my earth None will level on the mine Nobody No reason to get a 
Courage. Bareback tattoo, chest swagger. My lord, give me another lagger. I cannot stop thinking about how significantly the culture I've been born into has misguided me and how I have been so susceptible. Even with this awareness, it is extremely hard to change the sense of normalcy regarding happiness, success, reward, my fears, an assortment of perceived paths to choose, the limiting duality too, are all so ingrained. It, together, is the fabric, the nuance, the substance of my psyche, my psychology, suppressing in many ways, or at least strongly influencing, the ways of my physiology. How can one break away and change without being somewhat lost and estranged for a time. So sublime is this prospect. I feel, I think, I need to change my ways, my approach, the manner in which I live my life, so that I may cultivate more love, understanding, courage, kindness, beauty, and hope. How about you? Do you think we should? Do you think we could? All right, my next guest is here with a song from her latest album entitled Get Away From Me. Please welcome, along with the Max Weinberg 7, Nellie Mackay. My love is true I am Davy, you know I love only you And me it's cheer Oh, you give meaning to every day And Nathan, oh, hold on I got something to say Oh, they need their women But women don't need their men Ladies can walk away grinning But guys act surprised So I put your What the hell do you mean? Well, for instance, you get a one you want to fold. And what else? You're a fiend, you're tight-fisted. Got no more remote, shrug your shoulder, sell your soul to get your soul. But hey, 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 that ain't nothing to do with you. You're a sensitive show, I'm forgetting. But every woman knows it's a pose, just a pose. You're preening in your armchair, and I'm steaming at your name. Go on pontificating like I care. A lorry, then a story about ACDC Harvard educated, frustrated dictator Harvard with a PhD What the hell do you mean? Well, for instance, you have started every war What else? You're obscene, a coincidence I get your corners from Tom Warner Who was fornicating for his shorts Hey, 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 that ain't nothing to do with you You're a sensitive show, I'm forgetting But every woman knows It's poetry
put away the kettle. Ah, oh, oh no, honey, your arrogance is what makes you special. And a man, yeah, oh, of course, when you leave, you are miss. Enjoy my reading, but you insist on interpreting text. Oh, go on, go on, please. Every sentence is a pretext for six, 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 six. Guys, you went to Oxford, head still in your box, but you failed to what I expect. What the hell do you mean? Well, for instance, you committed every rape. And what else? I won't heed your insistence. Mr. Populating, copulating, masturbating, denigrating, birth of a nation, instigating, violate of my escape. But hey, that ain't nothing to do with you. You're a sensitive charm, forget you. But every woman knows it's a pose. It's a pose. Heaven knows the world's your hoe. But you're getting too old for your pose. Oh, there she goes. Hey, that was fantastic. Thank you so Thank much you for doing so much. it. Now in the car, everybody, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Stick around. Nice job. That was great. Good. Hello? Hello, Nellie Mackay. Is that you? Yes, yes, this is me. Yes, thank you. Hi, it's E.W. Conundrum from Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Thanks for being on the program. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. And uh, before we get started, I'd like to share a little background, if you don't mind, with the folks listening. Uh, yes, please. All right, here we go. The New Yorker magazine has described Ms. Mackay as, quote, funny and touching ceaselessly clever and scarily talented. They also referred to her stage performance as brilliantly subversive. Nellie has indulged an extended run in the award-winning off-Broadway hit Old Hats and has written three acclaimed musical biographies, I Want to Live, the story of Barbara Graham, the third woman executed in the gas chamber at San Quentin, Silent Spring, It's Not Nice to Fool Mother Nature, an exploration of environmental pioneer Rachel Carson, and her latest, A Girl Named Bill, The Life and Times of Billy Tipton, named one of the best concerts of 2014 by the New York Times. She has released five full-length albums, Get Away From Me, Pretty Little Head, Obligatory Villagers, her most recent, My Weekly Reader, and Normal as Blueberry Pie, a tribute to Doris Day that the New York Times called, quote, among the killer overhauls of American standards. Nellie has also won a Theater World, World Award for her portrayal of Polly Peach um, in the Broadway production of The Three Penny Opera and has performed on screen in the films P.S. I Love You and Downtown Express. She has also written the original music for the Rob Reiner film Rumor Has It and has contributed to the Emmy Award-winning documentary Gasland. Nellie's music has been heard on the TV shows Mad Men, Boardwalk Empire, Weeds, Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, and Nurse Jackie. And she has appeared on numerous TV shows, including The Late Show with David Letterman. Her writing has appeared in The Onion, Interview Magazine, and The New York Times Book Review. Ladies and gentlemen, Nellie Mackay. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for that 
a wonderful introduction. Uh, it's pretty impressive. And you're, you're, I mean, you're only in your 30s. You're only in your 30s and you've done all this already. How, how did this yes. happen? How did you get well, here? Well, I padded that resume quite brilliantly, I think. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it sounds good. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you've been, you, you live in, in the Poconos and you, you also are out in New York City a bunch of the time. I actually just got back from New York City just now. From a, a studio a session, I understand, and uh, um, you're you're on stage. You're producing amazing uh, LPs, and your shows are, are renowned. Your stage performance. I saw one at the Deerhead End uh, about a year back, and uh, yeah, how did you get into all of this? Where does this come from? Oh well, gee, uh, I mean, who doesn't want to be in showbiz? <laughs> so I guess I guess it's uh you know, it's partly that, let's get up and put on a show. And then, um, you know, uh, you, 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 you want to, um, you want to change things. And, uh, and I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is that people get so beat down by, uh, debt and by responsibility and by the grind. And, um, however they can avoid that, uh, they, they, they must. I mean, I, 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 so so many kids when I was, um, and I say kids means anyone younger than me, um, when I was knocking doors for Bernie, and they were just, uh, um, they you know, they have so much hope, and they have so much um, enthusiasm and so much interest in learning, you know, and in, and in seeing the world from different points of view, and how swiftly that is killed in people. And uh, I just, that that's the worst death, you know. I mean... Brecht, to paraphrase Brecht, you know, he said, what is killing a man compared to hiring a man? Um, you know, taking his, I paraphrase, but, you know, his, his lifeblood uh, in exchange for money. And um, I, I understand that better and better as the years go by. Yeah, you know, it's it's not uh, everyone's good fortune to be doing what they, they love uh, or even finding what they love, and and uh, yeah, right. and I, how how is I I often ask myself how how does one find that you know and and is it beaten out of them as you put it when they're younger that 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 sort of sense of of who who they are their own voice. Yeah, well, Rachel Carson you know talked about a sense of wonder, and that is systematically beaten out of us as a culture, um, because capitalism requires that you um, not only tolerate but even celebrate an ideology in which a tiny uh, percentage of people has the vast majority of the goodies at the top. So in order to do that, um, to get people to accept that, um, you have to uh, systematically uh, inundate them with propaganda from cradle to grave, uh, from every direction, uh, in every way you can think of, um, to get them to support such a system. So part of it is to drive out um, people's uh, natural creativity and empathy. Um, and they, they do it very well. And then people wake up one day, and they're kind of at a loss for what to do with themselves, um, or, or they feel that, that there's a, their soul has been deadened. And um, they... they perhaps don't realize it's by design, or even if they do, they don't know how to get back 
to what they had. Um, you know, and it, it, how long does anyone's innocence last? I mean, particularly now with the uh, the internet and the smartphones, um, it's it's very hard. Yeah, it it is, and I I mean, when you say they, I'm often wondering myself. You know, who are they, and is it a concerted effort? And when you think when you say they they beat it out of us, or uh, they you know. Uh, want to suppress our creativity and our, our individuality, who, who are they in your mind? Well, I would say they're the people that profit off the system, uh, and th- those are a, a very few, and um, and their, their numbers are getting fewer. Um, but um, so, you know, of media is, is um, owned by uh, financial interests or people with financial interests, and um, and so media goes to prop up the system. I mean, for instance, the war machine. Um, you know, uh, NBC at the time of the Iraq War was owned by GE, which um, which was involved in weapons manufacturing, and that was never disclosed to people. So it stood to benefit off the invasion of Iraq. Um, but generally, Wall Street is War Street, and. Um, so anything that that uh, that um, has a moneyed interest uh, links back to the military-industrial complex, and so um, so you have a, a pretty much entirely in terms of corporate media, pro, uh, it is pro-war, and um, and um, so you know I mean banks make their money off of war, and, and war is big business right now. Um, and so, for instance, the Senate overwhelmingly uh, approved $70 billion for Trump for his latest military budget. $70 billion would have covered uh, affordable education, you know, tuition-free public college for those who need it, um, for every person in this country um, who needed it. And, um, and instead, and, you know, when you talk about tuition-free public college, uh, you know, people are like, how are you going to pay for it? Well, we can always afford more war, apparently. And and this is uh, a majority of Democrats as well as Republicans. There are a few abstainers, including Bernie Sanders. But three of the um, most likely um, candidates, Democratic candidates for 2020, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, uh, Cory Booker, and Elizabeth Warren, they all voted in favor of the $70 billion dollars. Um, towards more death and destruction. And people really need to remember that. And it's the kind of vote that it doesn't even enter the public consciousness. You know? No. So it's, 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 so, it's so difficult because people are so overwhelmed just by their own lives. But to try to keep track of who votes for what <laughs> and to follow the money and to remember it when the voting time, you know, it's hard enough even just to get enough time off of work to vote. It, it's... Uh, it's just, the system is rigged at every level. Oh, it is. And even if, even if you have the the time off to work to vote from work, do you need an ID? You know, uh, things of that nature as well. You know, there's a lot of disenfranchisement for certain that uh, uh, yeah. you know always uh, puts the people with less means uh, in in the in the situation of not having their voice heard. I, I agree with you totally. Um, and when when we're talking about the the mentality of our fellow citizens. Do you, do you think too um, 
that our our educational system is is not up to to the level or up to par so that we are independent critical thinkers oh god no no i mean it's just um it's shameful public schools like libraries um i mean uh you do you see where the money goes and where it doesn't go i mean it shouldn't be obama gave a speech i think it was I think it was last year, it might have been earlier this year, where he was talking about, um, uh, you know, teachers um, spending their own money uh, to buy books and supplies uh, for their students. That's not a bragging point, <laughs> you know. No. That's that's shameful uh, that in the richest country in the world that uh, teachers should have to do that, that there's not enough in the school budget. And, in fact, I taught recorder, um, and music in um, a Bronx public school um, uh, a, a while, uh, quite a few years ago. And um, I was having to do the same thing because the kids had to pay something like $5 for their recorder, you know, those little wooden instruments you use in school. And, um, and you know, some didn't have it. And I'd have to cover it. And I just thought, this is so stupid. You know, why should you have to... Um, uh, you know, why, why, why should the kids have to pay, you know, it, it's, it's the old postcard, um, uh, it will be a great day when our schools have all the money they need and the military has to hold a bake sale to buy a bomber. Yeah, I've seen that postcard, that's a great one. Uh, yeah. Now, Noam Chomsky, I heard you kind of refer to, follow the money, uh, and, uh, you know, his, his sort of uh, analysis oftentimes is, is not what in the general public uh, uh, I guess indulges in it. It doesn't uh, it really even know most people that that sort of mentality exists out there. Um, and I, I'm wondering, does art have? And I think this is what you try to do. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, have access to people, uh, maybe in a way that it could get them to to think a little differently, to focus on issues that they might not otherwise. Well, I, I I think if it was ubiquitous across the arts, I mean, it it, it would help. It, it it devolves into this kind of um, uh, tribalism, you know. So you see all this kind of reacting to Trump, and um, it's it's really it's political infantilism that uh, Trump is a product of the system, you know, and um, and Trump puts a much more honest face on the system than that he looks and sounds like what the system does, what this country has always represented, and um, what um, and uh, whose interest he represents. Um, so, you know, I, it, I think if it's done the right way, it's just tricky because even when, uh, you know, people address... Um, you know specific issues and um and and you know it's it's really right on what they're saying Thoreau has a quote about uh, for every thousand i believe who are hacking at the branches of evil there's one who's hacking at the root and when you look at the root i mean it is profit it's it's the profit motive um and and what holds that in place it's also our attitudes towards animals. What holds these helps to keep these things in place? Capitalism, um, the the hideous exploitation and, and torture of 
of non-human living beings and um, and the subjugation and misery misery of humans around the world. Um, what helps keep that in place? Well, a lot of it is politics. I mean, you do have to get political, and in order to get political, you have to challenge this two-party system. You have to challenge individual um, uh, candidates, and um, and uh, so uh, it's it's. I I just I look to people like Chris Hedges or Cornell West, um, who they they manage to do it in as non emotional a way as possible, and they can still get so much flack. But I mean, just as 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 much as you can try to point out the wrongs of the system and the um, the chicanery of the the candidates, um, but you try to do it not in a personal way. And it's 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 very uh, tricky, but you have to go after the whole system. I mean, you can't just campaign against, say, the death penalty, without pointing out that both the Democrat and Republican parties support it. Right, right. And I, I, it seems such a to be such a daunting task, though, uh, to to be able to change a vast majority of of uh, our fellow citizens' mindset sets uh you know it is such a norm everything that right now you're you're pointing at and i agree with you and are are, are critically and uh, uh analyzing as is not uh, the way to be an unhealthy approach uh, an unethical approach immoral approach is the norm is the norm you know in most people's minds and i think often and maybe you'll disagree religion justifies it too to a great extent right. Uh, so if you, if the if the big guy, of course, in the sky says it's okay, then why would we worry? And and you know the edu- your teachers aren't saying it's it's wrong, and your 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 neighbors aren't really up in arms. How do you change something that's so uh, so ingrained in in our DNA, basically? Uh, do do you get distraught at times or? Are you? Do you have a way to stay upbeat, positive, hopeful? Well, I'm, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, fear is a, is a great motivator. I mean, it, it works. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, I think I'm less easily manipulated than other people, but, um, but um, of course, one is fearful. One is right to be fearful. There's a lot to be afraid of. Um, so it can be hard to have that distance when one feels your immediate interests um, are are threatened, um, and uh, yeah, so that that does kind of get me down. But I do think that a lot more people are uh, are seeing through, and I think there's a coming uh, together of of people, uh, you know, across the spectrum. I mean, there, there's a consensus on a lot of things in this country. I mean, most people in this country think we should cut the bloated, wasteful, and dangerous military budget. Most people think we should have health care, um, preferably a single-payer system, a nationwide universal health care that covers every person in this country. Um, I mean, there, there's, it, you know, there's a lot more consensus than than is talked about it's just that the um, the the uh, our representatives, our so-called representatives, go against the wishes of their constituents 
70% of the time. I mean, it's insane, <laughs> you know? And, and so you don't have representation. And, um, and more and more people are up in arms against, uh, about that and, and against that system. And when we were knocking doors, you know, a, a friend of mine said, you know, just within the primary, he, just, he, he, he was just saying it's reaching that tipping point, but not quite enough people in terms of the closed primaries and the way it was carried out, um, are, uh, are doing bad enough. But, you know, it's, it's happening soon because it's happening regardless of who's in power because the corporations have completely taken over the levers of power in this country. And, you know, I mean, people, they, they don't have enough to eat, they don't have enough to pay their bills, and that's a growing number of people. And um, it's just... And it, 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 I'm sorry, I know I'm all over the place here, but I think it's also, it comes down so much to local organizing, and it's such a drag, man. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. But it's got more humanity than, you know, certainly the Internet. And, um, and, 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 and I was talking to another friend who's worked with Ralph Nader for many years, and he was saying that even Bernie is a quick fix. And that really resonated with me, because um, there's, there's, there's a truth to that. I mean, certainly when I would go into uh, communities from out of town, particularly if they were uh, particularly black community, um, it was um, uh, Latina, Latino, I found um, uh, perhaps I, I've got a little Spanish in me, and but my Spanish is fairly awful. <laughs> but they were, you know, it was less, I, I felt less like a, a gringa. But um, uh but you know, down south, I, I felt like a, a carpetbagger, you know, <laughs> you know, knocking on people's doors and, and I, you know, who are you? <laughs> who the hell are you? Um, but uh, that, yeah, it's just we've got time now. I mean, there's still so much that is so rotten in this system. We still have the superdelegate system. Bernie has not broken free of the Democratic Party and does not appear to be heading towards starting the third party, which is incredibly disappointing. We need a strong third party so badly. Um, but we, we do have time to, to organize as, as much locally as we can and, uh, and talk to each other. And, and uh, you know, so I try to do that. And I'm about as anti-social as it gets. Anti-social, really? You come, yeah. al you come alive on stage. Let's talk about your music a bit. This is, uh, I love to hear your insight as a fellow... Uh, Citizen, I do, uh, it, and um, you know it, it, it's inspiring, and you don't feel alone. So thank you for sharing that. And I know people that are listening too want to hear about your art. Yeah, you know you you've been you, you just came back from the studio tonight, uh, and uh, you're gracious enough to share some more time and energy uh, on the radio program. Tell me, what are you working on? Oh well, we we just um, yeah we were just. Um trying to finish up this album which should come out in the new year so that's nice and um yeah we've been working on a show about um joan rivers how uh joan malinsky became joan rivers so just between those two um and you know a couple of other irons in the fire there's always plenty to do so the joan rivers is going to be a, a stage production yeah i mean you know i mean we're we're, we're kind of uh it, you know, seeing how, however it can um, work, but yeah. 
And why, why Joan? You've picked a, you know, a, a couple of uh, significant people, uh, Billy Tipton and uh, Rachel Carson, Barbara Graham, Joan Rivers. What makes you, what, what makes you uh, choose someone to focus on in, in, in a piece? You know, I, 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 I don't know. I just know, you know, her, her book, uh, it, it, uh, I, I guess I just really enjoyed it when I was, uh, when I was just starting out. And, um, and, and, and when she died, I, I kind of thought, uh, you know, um, how, how, how she got there. I don't, you know, I kind of go back and forth. <laughs> um, you know, um, I mean, Look, you know, she did have the the humor, um, which, say, with the Rachel Carson, um, one did occasionally feel engulfed by that subject, um, because, um, you know, it's just uh, hard to make entertaining. Rachel, you mean Rachel Carson, the the, uh, uh, Silent Spring, afraid of pesticides and such. Yeah, we tried to make it a lighthearted look at pesticide poisoning, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know, you know, it, 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 the, Joan, and also, you know, there's things, um, I, you know, I don't agree with Joan on, and I, I think just psychologically, it's interesting to to see why people are the way they are, you know, and often it's rooted in in one's childhood, and. Um, you know, it always kind of makes me think of Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is, yeah, I go there a lot too. Do you, I mean, how, how do you, how do you look at yourself? Like, who, who are you becoming? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shirley Chisholm, <laughs> Bella Abzug. I mean, um, I, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, uh, uh, I I love Ralph Nader. Um, I uh, uh, you know I, I I I love I love what Glenn Greenwald's been doing. Um, he's he's not only you know he was in Citizen Four, which is a great documentary if no one's seen it, and you know he's done a lot with the surveillance state, and he he does a lot um, around human rights and um, and and social justice, and then he also does a lot with animals. You know, he extends um, his compassion to animals, and and he's been putting out more stuff about speciesism, and um, and uh, and you know why one should consider the rights of animals, um, why one should consider their interests and wants and needs, and um, he recently just started a um, a homeless um, a, a shelter for animals in Brazil that is completely staffed by homeless people. So homeless people are helping the homeless animals, and he he just understands the connection. So I find I find uh, him very inspiring. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to do something like that someday. So you know, we, we hardly have talked about your music and 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 such. Is is that not as important to you as as a lot of the social causes and and ethical uh, um, debacles in society today? Well, I mean, it's it's terrible. I just I I just find it very difficult to concentrate. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't I don't uh, I just think artists should be the vanguard. You know, not gatekeepers of a status quo that is not only homicidal but suicidal. 
and the arts, a lot of it nowadays is Deadsville. I mean, it's just, it's just, um, uh, it's uh, self-aggrandizement. You know, it's I, I, I don't know. So, um, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's 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 nice to do both, um, but um, and I like that the Jones Show deals with. Uh, censorship, because I, I I really think that's pernicious, and a lot of it's coming from the left nowadays, which um, fills me with dismay, um, because um, the '60s and the free speech movement—it was about liberation, you know, it was about liberation for all, and um, any liberation movement that embraces censorship is doomed to failure, self-evidently. I mean, they don't go, they do not mix, and and. Uh, you know, the social justice and freedom of speech, they aren't antithetical. They're intertwined. And um, so I like that we can, you know, get a little of that, not too heavy, but uh, a little bit of that in the Joan with Dick Gregory and Lenny Bruce and like that. You know, the New Yorker was right. You are brilliantly subversive. You are. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Well, gee. <laughs> I meant it as a compliment. A total compliment. I, I like I like some of their cartoons. <laughs> well, um, do you want to share anything coming up with the, the the listeners that they might check out, whether it be shows or or you mentioned your your new LP or CD? Uh, yeah. Well, so yeah, we're we're doing these. It's a preview. It's under construction. These these Joan River shows. Um, in New York, their midnight shows at uh, at Joe's Pub um, this fall. But then uh, we're going to Cleveland. We, we got we're going to. I don't know. Are your listeners pretty local? Or are they all over the place? They're all over the place. Oh, fantastic! So yeah, um, so they um, yeah. So you know, we're going to uh, New Hampshire and uh, and um, Maryland, and you know, uh, we're going to West Virginia in December. Uh, that's with Mountain Stage, the radio show. So, yeah, we'll be all over. And um, but I would really in- encourage um, people. There was one thing I didn't mention, which is that over half of uh, every tax dollar goes to military and the war machine, and that's not veterans' benefits. Again, you really see where the money doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Of course, we need to take care of veterans, um, but um, and we should take much better care of them than we do. But it it goes. I mean, the reason that our country is crumbling and and it's 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 so full of want and um, hardship is because um, and death. You know, people die because 29 million are still uncovered uncovered with health uh, insurance under Obamacare. It's because we're spending all this money on creating you know this utter horror and cruelty abroad. It's insane. The militarization of our society is insane. So I would love if people would just consider that, because that's your money, you know? Um, and you should have a right to say and demand where your money goes. And then the other thing is there's a great um, documentary called Cowspiracy. If you go to cowspiracy.com, it's a funny title, a serious <laughs> subject. I'm sure you know about it. <laughs> um, do, but Yeah, I mean, if they could check out Cowspiracy... Um, because a lot of people are worried about the climate. We've seen all these storms. You know, it's just getting worse. Um, but th- that really shows how animal agriculture 
is the number one cause of climate change. And um, it, 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 it's, it's good to know. Because only, you know, denial was never an effective political tool. No, never. And I want to mention, too, people could, because you're not going to bill yourself, it seems, uh, give, giving uh, your website, I'm, I'm going to share now, NellieMackay.com, N-E-L-L-I-E-M-C-K-A-Y.com for her shows and, and some other uh, interesting uh, information. Uh, it's wonderful talking with you. Our, our, our time is up. Uh, you know, we, I would love to do it again with you. I feel like I'm just starting to get a, uh, a vibe from you that I, I could uh, ride a bit. But, you know, I don't want to take any more of your time, and we only have like 25, 30 minutes. So um, how about this? We, we end our, our talk with you sharing just one more insight that you'd like to, to leave our listeners with um, as, as we go into the future? <laughs> oh, gee. Um, well, um, I would just uh, <laughs> wear clean socks and, um, uh, gee, um, I, uh, I, I, I feel like it should be something fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember potato chips are vegan, so is beer, most beer. Um, but, um, uh, you know, a majority of people really want to fight against the, the surveillance state. And, and it's really, you know, and, and this is, again, across party lines. We've we got to come together because we are living in a turnkey totalitarian state, and that key has already been partly turned. And um, And, you know, nobody believes the government should, you know, be able to track your every move, listen to your every phone call, read your every text or email, and they can't now. And it's overwhelming, but, um, but you know, we have to, to somehow stand together against that and, and support the candidates that genuinely, um, you know, um, oppose this grotesque over-surveillance of uh, our everyday lives. Ali McKay, thank you for talking with us on Troubadours and Rock on Tours and wish you the best with all the uh, future your future endeavors. Hopefully we talk again. You too. Thanks so much for staying up to talk to me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, you beauty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams to you too. Take care. Good night. Bye. A man's gotta make whatever he wants And take it with his own hands Poor people stay poor people And they never get to see Someone's gotta win in the human race If it isn't you, then it has to be me So smile while you're making it Laugh while you're taking it even though you're faking it, nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. No use mumbling, it's no use grumbling. Life just isn't fair. There's no easy days, there's no easy ways. Just get out there and do it. And sing, and they'll sing you song. Laugh. 
while you're getting on. Smile and the string along. And nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. Justice, but you got to have the money to buy it. You'd have to be a fool to close your eyes and deny it. There's a lot of poor people who are walking the streets of my town. Too blind to see that justice is used to do them right down. All life from beginning to end, you pay your monthly installments. Next to health is wealth, and only wealth will buy you justice. There'll always be a fool who insists on taking his chances, and that is the man who believes in true love romances. He will trust and rely on the goodness of human nature. Now a judge will tell you that's a pathetic creature. All life from beginning to end, you pay your monthly installments. Next to health is wealth, and only wealth will buy you justice. Money, justice, money, and justice, money, justice. Hotel. So many of the landmark buildings of our depressed former coal town are gone now. Two whole blocks, for example, imploded to make way for an enclosed downtown shopping mall that, over the years, suffered the fate of empty storefronts in a new age of retail. Or take the Hotel Casey, built in 1911 by a family of brewers made rich by selling whiskey, wine, and beer to the thirsty denizens of the area. The hotel was a grand showplace for many years. Entertainers and dignitaries and other muckety-mucks sleeping in its rooms and eating in its restaurants on their brief tours through our town. As the fortunes of the town declined, so did the hotel, and it eventually closed and began falling to pieces like the once vibrant train station up the street. The train station was miraculously rescued, restored, and turned into a hotel. The husk of the Hotel Casey was belatedly and mercifully demolished in 2001. The place holds a parking garage and a now-shuttered faux-Irish pub. When I was growing up, the hotel's glory days were long past, like the city itself. Proms and weddings were still held there, and there were many escapades and trysts fondly recalled 
by the aging citizens, of romps in the rooms and late nights at the bar and standing on Lackawanna Avenue and looking up at the sky and knowing for sure that they would remember this moment forever. There was a Chinese restaurant on the first floor and my family had a few dinners there. We didn't go out to eat much and an evening at an oriental den with its chopsticks and its tiny teacups without handles was the height of exoticism for us. Still, there was a seediness and sadness about the place, as if the fortune in your crumbling cookie might read, You will die in this town. Lucky numbers, three, nine, twelve. Long before the hotel closed, the building had become shabbier and shabbier, its better days only memories among old-timers and soon-to-be old-timers. After it closed, it became an embarrassment, an abandoned building in the middle of downtown, deteriorating so badly that the sidewalk in front had to be cordoned off, lest a pedestrian be bonked on the head by falling debris. Into this crumbling edifice moved bats and rats and pigeons and bums, those unfortunate homeless men who drank during the day, if they could cobble together the cash for cheap alcohol, and slept in the former luxury hotel at night. Occasionally, if the bum made his way to a spot higher up in the hotel, perhaps on the very same spot a senator or actress once trod, the rotting floorboards gave way and the bum plunged to his death. Across the street from the hotel was another venerable establishment, also gone now, an Italian restaurant with a history reaching back to Prohibition. The jukebox had Frank Sinatra and Bobby Darren on heavy rotation, and civil servants in cushy jobs at the courthouse a block away bobbed their heads to beyond the sea as they downed two or three martini lunches before weaving back to a bleary afternoon at work. Gerald, a busboy at the restaurant, was a sad case. He was developmentally disabled, as they didn't say then, and his parents kept him out of school, and he was never taught to read. The bartender sent him to the basement for cases of beer and would tell him which logos to look for on the case. Go get me a case of the world, Gerald, he would say, meaning Schlitz. One day, Gerald was loitering on the sidewalk outside the restaurant, and a body fell from the sky. Another unfortunate bum. Gerald screamed and sped into the bar, where he ran round and around, yelling and crying, and disturbing the gin-misted reveries of the civil servants. Before it closed, the hotel had one last famous, or semi-famous, guest. Julie Hayden was hardly a household name. It would no doubt only be recognized by gray-haired theater aficionados. She was, however, a figure in literary and theatrical history. She was the widow of George Jean Nathan, again, now mostly forgotten, but once a famous theater critic, an award is named after him, 
and he was a colleague of H.L. Mencken. As a young actress, Julie originated the roles of Kitty Duval, the hooker with the heart of gold, in William Sororian's The Time of Your Life, and of the shy and damaged Laura in The Glass Menagerie. She came to town to play Laura's mother, Amanda, the maddening, memory-played matriarch of the doomed Wingfield family, in a local production of the Tennessee Williams classic. It was a coup for the theater department, and a poignant return to the play for the actress. By this time, Julie had become ethereal and slightly addled, and with her decades of theatrical memories, seemed to have become something of an Amanda in real life. She was a spirit from another time and another world, living, briefly, in a ghostly hotel from another time and another world. Gonna take a sentimental journey Gonna set my heart at ease Gonna make a sentimental journey To renew old memories Got my bags, got my reservations Spent each time I could afford Like a child in wild anticipation Long to hear that all aboard Seven, that's the time we leave at seven I'll be waiting up for It takes me back Never thought my heart could be so yearning Why did I decide to roam? Gonna take that sentimental journey Sentimental journey I find sanctuary in the idea of the sun rising and the sun setting 
and the moon going through its cycle too. I am a creature on the planet Earth, as are you, and I try not to lose sight of the simplicity and the often overlooked complexity in that role. There you have it, episode 240 of Troubadours and Tours. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, the great songwriter, singer, and actress, as well as community activist, Nellie Mackay. I'd like to thank our resident essayist and associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis, a.k.a. Uncle Cesare, for all his fine work. I also like to thank these 
musical artists. Nellie Mackay, Jimi Hendrix, and Cannonball Adderley, as well as Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Terrence Blanchard, and Branford Marsalis, too. Until next week, enjoy this one. Thanks for listening.